Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Saturday underway. A little past 4 o'clock. We'll get into the Vikings' heartbreaking loss in Cincinnati. Uh, The Wild get a win in a shootout over the Canucks in a matinee. Timberwolves in action tonight. Right now we're going to go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. Steve Carney. How's it going, Steve? Um, Is this weather just strange or what? I can't believe it. Yeah, it's one of those years where you you may have had some snow up in your neck of the woods, but here in the cities, uh, we have had four inches of snow total all season, just over four inches officially. None on the ground right now. Uh, it, it, it's foggy and 40 degrees. Yeah, that's what we have up here in the northwest. And believe it or not, Steve, I saw some boats on the water today and some of the big water up here in the northwest. And I, I can't say that I've ever seen people fishing in a boat a week before Christmas. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was like a mirage. Are those really boats? And, yes, they are open water fishing up here you know, the ice has really, really deteriorated this week. It's kind of started early in the week, and, I mean, the, the ice is kind of turning into, you know, black like it is in late April and early May, and it's getting really spongy, and this is really going to set us back, and this seems to be a statewide thing that's happening. Um, even Red Lake up there, where there's thousands of people up there, they've got some ice issues up there, too, and some of the resorts aren't letting any four-wheelers out anymore, and it's back to strictly walking. But, you know, the ice looks honeycombed and dark, and, um, you know, with the mild temperatures coming up, we're just kind of in a holding pattern. I mean, I don't even dare walk out on some of my close spots I've been on the last couple of weeks. I just don't think it's safe. Yeah, and, you know, everyone's chomping at the bit to get out there. You know, I, I, I work with some folks who – love to get out on the ice and catch fish and the camaraderie of it all and people are frustrated there's no doubt i think it's affecting you know the sales too you know a lot of the big ticket places that sell ice fishing stuff you know everything's lagging way behind i mean people can't you know buy equipment if they can't go out i think that's might have some repercussions you know in the retail industry because this is go time for ice fishing but you know if you don't have the conditions statewide um, it, that stuff's going to sit on the shelves. And I know in southern Minnesota is even worse shape. Uh, they've had, you know, a lot warmer temperatures down there. And I know there's still a lot of open water, you know, down in Hutchinson and down by St. James and all those areas still have open water. So, you know, right now it looks like the geese are finally leaving. And, you know, the geese have been on a lot of the lakes in the northwest, and they've been holding areas open 
um, you know, and that could be a potential problem, too, because if we get, you know, some cold and things freeze up, there may not be more than an inch of ice in those areas, and, you know, that could be troublesome down the road. You might have five or six inches, and then you head out and you, you know, hit a spot where the geese have been. You're not going to have five or six inches, so it's going to be, you know, a day-to-day, you know, week-to-week kind of thing here, and, you know, just see what happens. I just hope we don't get a ton of snow that would be just devastating for the, for the whole ice fishing community because we just don't have enough of a base layer of ice yet that's stable. Um, so it, it's hard to say how the rest of this you know winter is going to shake out. It, it just looks really shaky right now. Yeah, and then beyond that, if your dealer is sitting on a lot of inventory when it comes to snowmobiles, that that's tough. I mean, you know, there, there's a good chunk of the economy that – relies on winter and reliable winter let alone the people that do snow removal etc so there's there's a lot of people sitting around and and waiting on that one thing we did want to get into uh still pheasant hunting season yeah we still got a couple of weeks left you know and that's the one thing that we can do grouse hunters are doing real well pheasant hunting has been good and you know when you can't get on the ice that's kind of the next best thing and you know, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting is still going for a couple of more weeks. And right now we have just a touch of snow, and that is good because when I get into these areas, whether I'm grouse hunting or pheasant hunting, I look for tracks, and you can see them in the snow. And when I get into a piece of cover or whatever, if I see lots of tracks, I'm going to stick with it. But if I get in there in five or ten minutes, I don't see tracks in there. That means there's no birds in the area, and then I'll leave and move somewhere else. But you know, right now, too, this warmth is really affecting the cattail swamps where a lot of these pheasants are hanging out right now. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you could walk through the middle of those because they were frozen, and now they're opening up, too. And these late-season roosters know that you get in the middle of that swamp or that slough, nobody can get to you. So that's, you know, a problem, too. So I don't know. I've never seen a December like this before, Steve. I, I just don't know where this is going to go. Um, you know, bow hunting's open for a couple more weeks, so there's still things to do, and um, I'm in the process of rigging my boat for this year, and that's what I'm doing since I can't get on the ice. So there's always something to do. Well, Steve, any thoughts on getting the boat out, like those anglers you saw out on the water? Are you, are you thinking about <laughs> putting it back in for one more go? No, 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 no. I'm done, Steve. It's been a long season, but I don't know how they got out of the accesses because almost all the accesses are iced in. So they must have been very creative to get in there. But um, no, I've had my 10 months on the water, Steve. I'm going to hang it up, you know, right now. And you know, start preparing my new boat for the next year and get ready for that. And, you know, if things continue like this, I could be on the Missouri River next month if this keeps going. And that's happened before. I've been out there in January and February during these mild winters, so that could be a distinct possibility, too, because I just don't see anything, you know, really below zero or anything really that bad for about three weeks. Yeah, and and you keep looking at those forecasts. I saw one of the longer-range outlooks. You know, we we are smack-dab in the bullseye and predicted above-normal temps now they're going out to the middle of January. They usually go out about a month. And, and you know, mm-hmm. you, you talk to any meteorologist, you know, you got that 24, 48, you get out a week, and, you know, it's it, it's hard to tell. And then anything beyond that's really a roll of the dice. But the, the trends and those models they look at, 
say it it is going to stay mild. That was kind of predicted with the El Nino and all of that. So so we'll see how it plays out. But I know there's a lot of people waiting to get out there, that's for sure. But that's good, Steve, for the deer. We need this mild winter after the past two winters we've had were so bad. And if this stays mild, this is going to help the deer herd a lot. And they really need a break. I mean, they've had it tough the last couple of years. And, you know, once you have, you know, a little bit of snow cover, you know, and the and the winters aren't too harsh, they can escape the predators, the wolves, the coyotes, you know, much easier. And a lot of them will survive versus a very severe winter. So being mild, yep, it's not good for the ice fishermen. But for the deer, this is really what we need to get, you know, a minor rebound anyway. Yeah, and then we we have brought it up in recent weeks, and it's worth bringing up. We have not heard the end of the wolf story. A great success story that that wolf population has bounced back. But, but the question is starting to become, has it gone too far where there's there's just too many wolves, that it is having an impact on the wildlife, particularly way up north in the northeast? Well, yeah, there's no doubt the upper one-third has got wolf issues. But now, you know, down in my area, I'm south of them and west of them, and we're starting to see them on trail cameras. We're hearing them at night. They're definitely expanding farther south and farther west. So this is just uh, the beginning, and I think, you know, there's going to have to be a limited season to try to thin them out a little bit. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's a federal, you know, thing. It's a, They're federally protected. It's It's probably a bureaucratic nightmare to, you know, make any changes. But everybody's up in arms. And, you know, the good news is that there's a lot of publicity surrounding it. People are upset. Everybody, It's kind of a groundswell that's been going on for the last six months. So I think there's some momentum there. And um, there has to be some changes here down the road because, it, it you know, it's not going to fare very well down the road. It just isn't. Yeah, stay tuned on that one. All right, Steve, we'll do it again in a week if you're available. I'm always available for you, Steve. You know that. All right. There he is, Steve Carney of SteveCarneyOutdoors.com, joining us on the weekends here for years and typically Saturdays following the news and weather at 4 o'clock. When we come back, heartbreaking Viking loss in Cincinnati to the Bengals. Both teams without their regular starting quarterbacks. No Kirk Cousins, you know that. No Joe Burrow. Both are out for the year. Both teams have a shot to get to the playoffs. How did it pan out? Well, the Vikes built the big lead. It ends up in overtime. Bengals win it. We'll talk that in a moment here on News Talk. A3-O-W-C-C-O. There are wins, there are losses, and there are ties in sports, most sports. Now, the NHL, they don't have ties. They, they go to a shootout one way or another. You're going to get a winner. And by the way, the Wild... Uh, beat Vancouver 2-1 to one in a shootout today in St. Paul, and they continue their ridiculously good run under new head coach John Hines took over from Dean Evason. Uh, the Wild were taking on water. They were in trouble, but now they've righted the ship and, and look like a playoff contender under Hines. Meanwhile, the Vikings, they lost Kirk Cousins, but uh, seemed to defy the odds, and get back into this thing. Now the Vikings are headed in the wrong direction. Uh, they fall to 7-7 seven and seven after a gut-wrenching 27-24 overtime loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. 
But here's what makes this even more painful. They went to the fourth quarter. They they went to the fourth quarter in this game with a 17-3 lead and got beat. That hurts. There have been painful losses in Viking lore. There have been painful losses this season. But this one stands out. And by the way, Cincinnati didn't have their starting quarterback, Joe Burrow. You have a 17-3 lead going to the fourth, and you lose. Josh Wheeler, that's not good. Nope. Yeah, this whole situation was uh, kind of... I don't know. I, I, I might be the, uh, call me a pessimist, call me whatever, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall with this one is Nick Mullins wasn't good enough to kind of keep them, you know, pushed over the edge. And unfortunately, the, the Bengals found a way to fight back. And the fourth quarter, which we've kind of learned, the Vikings aren't great at finishing games in the fourth quarter. We've kind of been a, they've kind of been a team that just doesn't know how to, you know, shut the door on games. And, this is just uh, example Z of that happening again, where it's just uh, not being able to capitalize on opportunities. And obviously, story of their season also, at least one of the stories, has been the turnovers. You <laughs> give up two crucial interceptions in the game, that's going to cost you. Instead of you know heading into the final minute of the fourth quarter with you know a seven-point lead, here we are staring at a 17-17 game. And uh, ultimately, it would be twenty four twenty four. But uh, uh, or I can't. I think that, I don't even know what the actual final score. I think it was yeah twenty seven twenty seven twenty four. Bengals yep, get yep. the lone field goal in overtime. Yeah, it, it, it just on obviously the T Higgins thing. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> well, here, here's here's really I I think what what transpired in this game that that stands out to me. 17-17, Vikes go down, get a score to take a 24-17 lead. And it was uh, pretty impressive uh, how all that went down. Jordan Addison uh, caught a touchdown pass uh, from Nick Mullins to make it 24-17 with under four to go in the game. And then on the subsequent drive, uh T. Higgins caught a ball and appeared to be dragged out of bounds at the one-yard line. And this is a play that ultimately tied the game and sent it to overtime. Higgins caught the ball, was being dragged out of bounds, let's say at about the one-and-a-half. But he did a spin move, still in bounds, and not down, and with one hand, put the ball over the goal line inside the pylon to make it 24-23. Pending extra point was good, 24-all. And I said it at the time because it was on the air with Shaletta when this went down. And that is one of the great touchdown catches you'll ever see in the NFL. And, and Josh, you watched a lot of football. I've watched a lot of football. Yeah. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, give credit where credit is due. T. Higgins made a phenomenal play with, what, 39 seconds remaining in the game to get it into the end zone. Yeah, it's uh, oh. it's, it's one of those that you just can't really describe well enough on radio to even, like, convey how amazing oh, it was. Oh, wait a minute. I've, I thought I did a pretty good job a moment ago. 
you yeah. are the Picasso of radio when it comes to painting that picture. But we, we are going we're going to leave yeah. it to the people that will go and watch this play yeah, if you, you can because see. it's it's. I've been texting people for the last hour. This might beat the Jefferson play. It's close uh, because I understand the Jefferson play. There was no chance he was going to come down with that ball. But this is a matter of someone actually using their physical upper body strength to reach across a goal line while you're already in midair being tackled and managing somehow to get that ball over the pylon. It is just one of those once-in-a-lifetime plays. And it's, of course – a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of Cincinnati play, or fans are like, well, that's who T. Who, who T Higgins is. To everybody else, we aren't familiar as frequently as with a guy like T. Higgins. He is a phenomenal football player. Uh, oh, First-round pick, I believe, and honestly, it showed right there. Well, and in real time, and and you can go to any of the websites to see the highlights and the scoring plays, in real time, it, it doesn't look like he got it done. But in slow-mo, and they reviewed it, indeed, he did. The catch, feet inbounds, not down. Yeah. Spinning, doing almost a complete 360. I'll call it maybe a 280 yeah. to get that ball and swing it around. And what's most important in the NFL, it's not enough to cross the plane. You have to maintain possession and he did that as well the way he whipped that ball around to get it over the pylon and and then tie the game couple other things i want to bring up in overtime vikings get the ball first drive down the field they had four infant inches nick mullins flat out bobbled the snap and the Bengals stopped him i thought it was a good call i i i think someone would say well he still got it you know that was a bad spot in reality, Mullins bobbled the snap. It wasn't clean. Lucky he didn't fumble. He doesn't pick up the first down, and then the Bengals were ultimately able to get it, go down the field, set up for the field goal, and win the ball game 27-24. That improves arrow hopes. They're now 8-6. and six. Now the Vikings 7-7, seven and seven, and in some trouble. Of course, we know the Lions lead the division, and the Green Bay Packers uh, have bounced back, and now could ultimately jump ahead of the Vikings and as painful as that is for many in these parts. And, and Josh, it, it was apparent early in the year when Kirk Cousins with hel- was healthy, uh, the Vikings had some winnable games, and they didn't. They turned it over too much. And, and today, you know, once again, turnovers, the, the two turnovers by, by Mullins, two picks today. I mean, in this league, Turning it over is just you're, you're going to get punished. Yeah, and the Vikings have paid dearly for it, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are okay. kind of regretting their criticism of Cousins and his turnovers at this point in the season because it seems like that's nothing. That's pretty much all we get on each possession as a turnover when it comes to the uh, two quarterbacks that have had a had a really good chance to make a difference in the season for the Vikings, and obviously. If I'm Kevin O'Connell, I'm going with Jaron Hall as soon as possible because uh, you and I talked about it earlier today off air that you know they had the one good drive with him before he got hurt in Atlanta where they got to see what he was truly made of, and it was impressive. Uh, my confusion is why why make Mullins a starter based on 
his reps last weekend. I, I, I really don't understand the Jaron Hall not starting move by uh, the coaching staff. I'm hoping they actually flip that script and don't give Nick Mullins the ball uh, next week uh, when it comes down to it because that is a, a bad coaching decision, and that's what ultimately this game came down to. I, I, I think they're done with Dobbs. I don't think he's going to play, so no. that's why I think Hall – might might be the next move. So here it is: Lions nine and four, Vikes seven and seven, Green Bay six and seven. And here here is the schedule this week in the NFL. And obviously we have uh, the game on Thursday. Uh, the Raiders blew out the Chargers sixty three twenty one. They clean house in in L A. Uh, a little bit more on, on that in a moment. Uh, the Vikes lose to the Bengals 27-24 in overtime. Painful loss. Uh, you got Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. That is underway. And then tonight, Denver at Detroit. Key game there. Denver playing a whole lot better than they did earlier in the year. And they're taking on a Lions team that's starting to leak oil. Then the other game of note in division is Tampa Bay at Green Bay. They'll be at Lambeau Sunday noon. Weather will not be a factor. It looks like the weather will be fine in Green Bay, Wisconsin, for that game Sunday noon. Uh, Green Bay with a win would be tied again with the Vikings at 7-7. Seven and, seven. and and really, Detroit, with the win tonight, they're in the catbird seat. Then all of a sudden, they that's, that's 10 wins with three to go, two of those with the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, by the way, have a Detroit-Green Bay-Detroit finish. So it's a huge game for Detroit for breathing room in the division. But things get really interesting if the Lions lose. And and the Lions can certainly do Lions things. So th- this division far from over. But uh, Denver at Detroit, I think a lot of eyes will be on that one at Ford Field. And then again, Tampa Bay at Green Bay in the Sunday noon tilt. But in reality, and I think Shaletta brought this up early, one final point on the Vikings. And really a final point on the Bengals for that matter. They get the win today. Give them credit. They're eight and six with three to play. They've got a chance to get there without Joe Burrow. Uh, the Vikings still have a chance to get to the postseason without Kirk Cousins. But in reality, down your starting quarterback, how many teams can get it done in the playoffs? I, 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 I get it. It has been done. It, it, it's happened in NFL history. But in reality. You look at that Bengals team, you look at that Vikings team. Postseason success without those guys at the helm, I don't see it. I don't. Or no, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a lost cause at this point. Yeah, and, you know, I get it for Viking fans. You know, you, you want to beat Detroit. They, they'd love to run the table. That The Vikes would be 10-7 and seven and on a bit of a roll uh, going into the playoffs. Um, that, 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 that's a great goal you know, to to finish 10-7. and seven. It's still in play. There, there's no doubt about it. But in reality, without your starter, uh, what happens? One other quick thought, and that goes back to uh, Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator. Now, I know they had a 17-3 lead going to the fourth quarter. That doesn't help his resume as a defensive coordinator. I still think he's going to be a head coach in the NFL again next year I, I i'm not sure the vikings can do anything to keep them around a, a team like the chargers have to be thinking about brian flores he has to be on their short list 
Wouldn't you agree, Josh? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where... He's got to be one of the guys out yeah, there. Yeah, that's where the Chargers struggled, honestly, throughout oh. the season. Justin Herbert's a great guy, went healthy, a great quarterback, but uh, their their struggle right now is not being able to have much uh, going on defense, and I could definitely see how having a defensive-minded head coach next season could uh, strongly benefit them as well as get them maybe some good draft picks to go along with that. So it'd be a good package for uh, the Chargers possibly next year. Yeah, and you, you get a offensive coordinator that can mesh with Herbert, and you get someone like Brian Flores. They, they gave up 63 to the Raiders on, on Thursday night. That's that's pretty ugly. The Raiders managed zero against the Vikings, as we all know. Quick break, 433. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk Timberwolves. My good buddy Kevin Lynch from Valley Sports North will join us. Timberwolves take on Indiana tonight at Target Center, and certainly Minnesota's been uh, one of the big stories in the NBA so far this season. We'll do it in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yo. Sports Saturday here at CCO. Steve Thompson in. Josh Wheeler is our producer. Timberwolves on a serious roll early in this season, and Kevin Lynch joins us, Timberwolves analyst, Valley Sports North. Kev, how you been? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, good. You have all your shopping done, Kevin. Uh, well, I haven't really started yet. <laughs> oh, no. I know. it's it's, But, yeah. you know, I think, and I, I'm curious to see what you're going to say about this. I think as you get older, I mean, I don't have kids, but I suppose if like you have daughters or whatever, but so you're always yep. probably shopping for your kids. But for me, it's like I just shop less and less. It tires me out, and people as you get older, you don't need it much anymore. And that's, that's I suppose it's all for the kids, really. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I I, I still get my daughters some stuff, and I I work in concert with my wife on that. We kind of try to keep the budgets even, and so on and so forth. But I, you know, I found over the years that um, I, I have the most fun shopping for my youngest brother's kids because he's got four, one in college, one in high school, one in middle school, one in elementary school, so they're kind of spread out. That's still fun, you know, to be able to shop uh, and get the nieces and nephews uh, something around the holidays. Like like my mom and dad, and they're, they're still around, and that's awesome, but they're really hard to buy for. 
you know. It's well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. you know, when you, when you get into your, what, 70s, 80s, it's like yeah. that's occasionally you need something, maybe a golf club or something. But, right. you know, but, but for the most part, like for me at least, it's like I, when people say, what do you want for Christmas, you know, or my birthday. My birthday's right around Christmas, you know. So it's like I have to think about it. And I one thing I don't like is getting something I already have one or many of them. And it's like, right. I don't want to sit and have my house just collect stuff that I don't use. I just, if I get something from somebody, I want to use it. Yeah, you know? and th- th- that's exactly right. And it's funny you bring that up because I had a conversation with, with someone at a high school a hockey game before we went on the air this week. And we're getting ready to do play-by-play and we're just, hey, you're ready for Christmas, this and that. And, and we got into the practical gift. I yeah. love practical gifts. If someone says, hey, here's a new battery-powered string trimmer for the yard work, I'm like, yes. You know, I can <laughs> think spring. You know, that's the kind of stuff I want. Yeah. You know, yeah. something, something that I can use. I, I, I definitely don't need a shirt or socks or any of that. I got plenty of that stuff. Yeah, well, hey, you know, it's funny. I mean, as soon as you started saying about the the, the equipment that yeah. that you can use that in the springtime, and then you mentioned socks. That's you know, I'm I play a lot of tennis. I still play hoops. Yeah. I'm kind of a workout guy, you know. So, like, actually, sock. I've told people, like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, uh, socks. And they're like, oh, come on, socks. What do you? You don't need socks. It's like I actually go through socks like crazy. So yeah. that's actually something I use. So that's actually something good that, that I need. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you, you think about it, you know, good, good socks are, are key. Yeah. I, I'm, I may tell my kids if they're scrambling because, you know, I, I kind of have, I, I'm going to admit this here, you, you can't go. show you on the radio. I have holes in the socks that I'm wearing right now. I, I wear, <laughs> I wear these things until, you know, you can't even recognize that they're socks anymore. So yeah, one time, you, cool. yeah, they have so many holes that one day you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna put the sock on, it's gonna just shred into pieces. That yeah, that's exactly right. Or or finally, the laundry does them in, and they're <laughs> yeah, they just disintegrate. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Lynch joining us, Valley Sports North Timberwolves analyst. Hey, Kev. This team's playing really well, and they have had their their share of injuries. You know, Ant's been banged up, et cetera. Um, they, they've come out of the gate this year, and they've they've been really good. Yeah, what can you say? I mean, this is uh, I don't know. Let me. I'll, I'll start with this with you asking me that question. You know, it's I think, and I've said this. You know, when I, I've been working in some of the pregame shows or whatever, I think this is. This is either their most talented roster they've ever had, just the roster, it's the most talented roster they've ever had, or if it's not their most talented, it's right at the top, close to the top as far as just overall talent. Then I think Chris Finch is an excellent coach. I think he's doing a terrific job with these guys. And uh, so the talent is there. The coaching is there. I think the basketball front office part, Tim Connolly and the decision-makers, I think uh, that is in about as good of a place as they've ever had with this franchise. So things are lined up to to have a season like this, have it keep going, and have it keep going after the season and into the future. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, people are coming up to me last year or so, oh, go bear in towns, oh, that can't work. Yes, it can work. They needed more. I mean, how many times have I said to you, Steve, when I've been on your show here, that they needed more size, they needed yep. to get bigger, they needed to, to beef up the front line. Well, they've done that with Gobert. He's played great. Towns is finding his groove. Edwards, when he gets healthy and shakes off the rust from missing a few games, he's going to keep going and doing his thing. So Mike Conley has been terrific. So, man, they, they have – I don't know what, what's going to happen come April, May, June, but they have a chance to do something big. And, and I don't know if they're going to do it, but there's going to be uh, – they're going to be right there to do something that's pretty fun. And, and what's been impressive with, with the injury, particularly to Anthony Edwards, is that other people have been able to score. And then at times this year, yeah. not, not only with the size, but, but they, they've, they've generally played – very well defensively. Now, there's been bumps along the way. Over the course of 82, there will be. You know, you, you think about that game in New Orleans against the Pelicans, maybe not their finest moment. But over the over the course of, you know, the, the first 20-plus games, they, they, they've done a lot of good things with, with Ant not being available for a chunk of those. Yeah, I mean, well, you talk about their defense. You know, they're they're the number one rated team. Defensive rating, they're number one. I mean, they're one of the top defensive teams, and that a big reason is because of their size. That's really helped them. Uh, Rebounding-wise, they're even better than they were last year. They took a jump, and and uh, so, yeah, but their defense is something they can count on, and 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 you talk about with Edwards being out or McDaniel's being out, then guys yep. like Troy Brown Jr. and and uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, those guys have come in and shot the ball pretty well, played defense, and and uh, so there's a lot of positive things happening with this team. And it's you know we've been through so many losing teams and bad seasons, and you know you win 15 games or whatever, you know in a, an entire season, just you know crap like that. We deserve to have some some good professional basketball being played here and it's just it's fun to watch it every night and how they match up with certain teams and it's going to be exciting you know as the season wears on uh i can't imagine they're going to keep continue winning quite like this but you know they're going to win a lot of games and and it's going to be exciting to see how this all plays out yeah and kevin another guy we brought up when you and i have talked before that that trade that ultimately led to the departure of D'Angelo Russell and bringing Mike Conley in here. What a a stroke of genius and a perfect fit. And I will say this, for years and years and years, I've been a Mike Conley fan. I've always liked his game, what he he does night in, night out. I mean, he is just a true pro, a veteran guy, knows the game, all, all of those things that he brings to the table. But what a great fit for this team! Wow, man, it's it's like night and day, you know. As far as and I, you know, D'Angelo Russell was, you know, he, he can be a productive player at times. But if you follow this team, which obviously I do, I know you do as well, and a lot of people do that are fans of the team, you know, like you could just kind of see that Russell, um, <laughs> he just didn't fit. Now, all, you still have a lot of talent around him. And you're going to win games, you know, even with D'Angelo Russell as your main point guard. But, yeah, that, that move to get Conley here, I mean, the guy is just a, just a, we're just showering praise on this team. I mean, Conley is just, 
he's just such a pro and mature and a leader. He, he, that's one of the, 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 the biggest things, I think, when point guards, especially young point guards, come into the NBA, even if they're you know, terrifically talented guys, these guys like you know, Ja Morant or, or LaMelo Ball, these, these point guards come in, and, and the, one of the biggest things for a point guard once they get to the NBA is knowing when to, to shoot and be aggressive, to look for your own points, and when to s- set up your teammates and when to pull it back and be patient. You know, that's kind of the, one of the biggest hurdles you have to kind of figure out when you're a young point guard that's got a lot of talent. But that's Conley has dealt with that that issue. You know, ten, twelve years ago, he figured out you know when to be aggressive, when to play make, and all that kind of stuff. And he's just settled in with his team and the leadership that he shows too. So, yeah, I mean that that was uh, that was a huge decision as far as getting Conley, getting Russell out the door, and um, leadership wise, just I mean it's just uh, things are set up. For uh, for this team, and that's a big reason was because of that decision. Yeah, and I I, I think Cat's buy-in has been huge as well in all of this. Cat still has moments where it can be frustrating, but he, yeah. he's still a gifted player. And and the fact that it seems like you know everybody's got buy-in is huge as well. And winning a lot helps that. Yeah, you know that was kind of one of my big things coming into the season was. I, I kind of had a sneaky suspicion right before the season started that they might get off to a hot start, and and uh, you know they've kind of done that. And but to me, when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns, the biggest thing for me was is he you know considering he missed much of last season with the injury, and then Edwards' ascension, and then Gobert being on the team now, Towns has had to kind of change his game somewhat with. Edwards rise and Gobert, another big guy. Now you're dealing now a new point guard with Conley at the trade deadline in February. You know he's dealing with a lot of stuff. If Towns can kind of find his sweet spot on this team, this team could just take off because with Edwards' offense, his offensive talent, and Towns can maximize his offensive talent. With everybody else they have on this team, I thought this offense is going to be terrific. And defensively, you know they're going to be. They're going to be tough because they they just have good stoppers, you know, with Gobert and McDaniel's and others, Edwards as well. So, um, God, this is exciting. I mean, it, yeah, no I mean, Who knows? I mean, they they could be a team that could get to the Western Conference Finals come May or something like that if it goes right. They're hopefully they're going to be a high high seed in the West, and if they get there, this this state is going to be just pumped with uh, basketball energy. Yeah, sellouts uh, piling up at Target Center. Certainly good to see. One other thought, Kev, Nas Reed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we haven't that, even that, That's Nas, a great exactly. story. Yeah, it's a great story. It, it's, a great, it's a great story. And, and he, I mean, I don't think, like, I thought for sure he was gone. He was going to leave. Somebody was oh, going to no. offer him a, a, a too big of a contract that the Wolves couldn't match. But the guy decides to take less money stick around here because he felt comfortable playing in Minnesota. And he has been, yeah, we talk about all these other guys. We haven't even talked about, about Nas Reed. Yeah, it's, it's a great story. And it's been fun. Uh, like, you know, I don't really know Nas Reed that well, really. But as far as just what, how he's real you know, shy and introverted and his personality is coming out. 
And it's, it's fun to watch that. And I don't think there's another guy on this team that cares more about the team and cares more about winning than that guy. I mean, he, he really he, he doesn't always show it maybe, but like I said, his personality is starting to come out more and more now, and he really cares. And, and uh, people love him for wanting to stay here. So um, yeah, that, what a great side story that is. All right, Timberwolves Pacers tonight. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton listed as questionable tonight uh, with a knee issue. I, I guess he and a teammate collided, banged up his knee, and that, that could be a game-time decision tonight. Uh, Timberwolves Pacers tonight at Target Center in Minneapolis. Kev, look forward to it tonight. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. All right, there he is, Kevin Lynch, Bally Sports North. Timberwolves analyst. Quick break. We'll come back more. Wild get a shootout win. We'll do a deep dive on that. And uh, the PNC championship, Tiger Woods playing with his son, Charlie. Uh, We'll check the leaderboard a little bit later on. And is this too much for young Charlie? We'll get into that later here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. It took a shootout in St. Paul, but the Wild prevail, beating the Canucks 2-1. to one. Um, And you, you, you know this was uh, a goalie game when they announced the three stars of the game. And the Wild goalie, Philip Gustafson's number one star, the Canucks goalie, DeSmith, number two, and then Joel Erickson Eck is the number three star in the game. Josh, you know it's a goalie game when when the goalies take the top two spots. Yes. Yeah, you you know you're not producing much of offense, at least I mean, according to according to this game, it wasn't much as far as uh, offense goes, but yeah, uh it's not very often you get the top two spots uh for the for the finish of the game to be the goaltender. So that's uh, a rare occurrence in today's NHL. Yeah, Goudreau got a goal uh, for the Wild, the the lone goal of the game, and then ultimately uh, they get it done in a shootout. Shots pretty even in the game, 36-32. But I think big picture, another game in the books, and another win under John Hines. This turnaround has been extraordinary, and I exchanged a couple of texts with Jess Myers from the rink live. It's almost impossible to make sense of this. Because the team is pretty much the same. They, they've got some key injuries. And they, they change coaches and voila, they're, they're a contender. It's that simple, Steve. It's that simple. It's, yeah, and, that's, how, that's how she goes. Yeah, and, and I know it's, it's been done over and over in the NHL. And the NHL, as much as any league in all of pro sports, uh, may may coaching changes. I, I I know, you know, you're you're hired to be fired, but but this is extraordinary because this team looked dead in the water a, at yeah. the end of the Dean Evison tenure. I mean, they they were cooked. Yeah, and and this team admittedly took this took the uh, firing of Dean Evison personally. Just talked about it, I think, a week or two ago. About yep. this team was they once Dean Evison was canned, it was pretty much. All right, now we really need to get our heads in the game because we feel very much responsible for the head coach being let go because we know it was not a head coaching issue. It was more so we did not perform the way we should as players, and we need to 
you know, get things right. And they, they definitely have done that. And there's been a lot of great, great adjustments with this team since uh, John Hines took over as head coach. Yeah. So 12, 12 and four now they're, they're for all practical purposes. And th- this is, this is what's insane because what you really want to do is you just want to get into the tournament in the division. In reality, they're, they're still in trouble. They're, they're, eight points behind the Winnipeg Jets. And eight points in the NHL is, is a ton to make up in the division. The Wild right now have 28 points. But they're just two points with a game in hand out of the second wild card at the moment. That's how miraculous the comeback's been. News, weather in a moment. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 